decide. So. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome. It's uh, 9.35. We'll go ahead and call the meeting to order. Uh, my name is Charlie Bryan, and I'm the chair of our task force. Um, we'd start with introductions. Um, I'll just say a little bit more about myself. I've been uh, involved with transportation um, efforts broadly, I guess, with the city since about 2011, when the complete streets policy was being considered by the city um, back over a decade ago. And I served on the Multimodal Transportation Commission for seven years, I think. Uh, I termed out in December. So before that, I was on the Pedestrian Bike Issues Task Force and um, been involved in different things through my job at the Health Department, but then also just as a um, private citizen. So I'm happy to be here as the chair of the group. We have a lot of important work to do. Thanks. Sure. Uh, my name is Megan Poindexter. I'm the executive director of the Senior Resource Center. Um, and uh, uh, I, I just want us to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's good. Okay. Just introducing who we are so we get to know each other a little bit. Okay. Cool. Uh, my name is Mark Velos. I'm community resource specialist at the Lawrence Public Library. I feel like this issue or why I wanted to be on this is like personal and professional interest. Uh, first two years in town, like I didn't have a car, so I took the bus all the time. So kind of just interested in the subject, loved to bike around town, but then professionally, um, you know, we interface with a lot of people riding the bus system, which makes sense given the station right now is downtown. So kind of professional, personal linkage there, um, do programs events at the library. So it's kind of my role. I'm Eddie Martinez, I'm a bus driver. Right now I'm on the 810, but I've driven all the routes. I've uh, been driving for 12 years. I love it. I love working with the public. I'm um, hoping I could be helpful talking about safety and like maybe bus driver stuff or some anecdotes. But yeah, mostly just hoping to be helpful. I'm Jake Broadbent. Um, I'm a management analyst for Douglas County. I'm here representing the downtown employee. My name's Lance Fay. I'm uh, representing the Public Transit Advisory Committee for this purpose. I'm serving on that committee for six years, something like six, seven years. <clears throat> and my name's Jeff Lowe, and I'm not sure what, I can't remember how I'm described <laughs> represent. I'd be at large. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm a large person. I'm, I'm a retired person in the and I rode the bus over here. A bus stops by half block where I live that comes right here. And uh, usually I've been using, the only times I use the bus has been to go up on campus, either from the from the top of the bus uh, place, top of the parking lot, right, getting on the bus and riding up on campus or from my home up on campus. But I've ridden around a few other times, and I took a nice ride on 7 on last Thursday, two-and-a-half-hour ride. Just checking things out. Really interesting. Yeah, I, of course, I think that's part of what we should be doing. But the, uh, so I'm retired, and uh, all I do is just I, I read and write books and, and do some art stuff, play a few musical instruments, and, and go to a lot of talks up on campus and things like that, concerts and things. You know, I just, I, I'm not really looking for a lot of other things to do particularly, but I think this would be fun. Um, okay, I'm Hazlitt Henderson, and I'm a grad student at KU in geography, uh, and I'm here as the representative of the bus riders. So I, uh, this year, especially my resolution is to make the bus my primary mode of transportation, and um, yeah, bus, so, uh, and I've been successful so far. Uh, Brandon Graham, representing Chamber of Commerce, um, probably business owners too. We own a couple of businesses downtown and a few buildings as well, so I'm um, was asked by Bonnie Lowe to represent the chamber. All right, thanks. I mentioned Charlie, but the folks are missing. So, so Brian, I know Blaine uh, Carver Allman is the uh, Downtown Lots Inc. rep. And um, Blaine owns the Kyber Cummings building downtown in South Business. Dustin uh, Stumbling Bear is the representative for uh, Lawrence Association of Neighborhoods. 
So hopefully we'll see him at some point. And uh, Emily Rems was is the uh, downtown resident, so lives downtown and perspective. So um, we'll see those folks through process. Okay. And maybe staff introductions. Sure. Um, so I'm Adam Weigel, I'm the uh, transit parking manager. Um, so I technically oversee parking, although uh, Brad Harrell does all that work really. Um, so uh, our staff um, oversees the transit service. We contract with TransDev, who actually employs Eddie and all the other drivers and uh, maintenance and operations folks, but we oversee all them. Okay. And then we have just the guest. And then, yeah, I, I'm Jared Allen. I'm administrative technician here, here for support. So I think I've emailed you before, Jared. When I was trying to get my kid to use the bus to get to middle school. Oh, yeah. 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 And they would miss it on occasion. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think we have any public comment, but there's no, I put this up here as a discussion. I am you and I had talked, Charlie, just about if we do have members who join okay. the Zoom call or in person here, just how the group wants to handle that if it's, you know formal process like they do at mission or something else. Right. Um, so really, uh, when Adam and I met, we just talked briefly about this idea of how do we want to provide options for the public if they come to any of our meetings. And we don't, we're not required in any way to allow them to talk, but um, it could be useful if they have some perspective that we're not thinking through. Usually that's kind of where the public it's interested in trying to share their thoughts or if there's something probably not today but further along when there's a little more maybe meat on the bones to react to there could be um, interest by the public to weigh in so just wanted to kind of plant the seed like how do you guys what are your interests in trying to permit the public to participate in our meetings i'd vote for Accepting or having that in or input and okay. information collection, just transparency and openness and, and no chance of pleasing everybody with this, but sure. having information that people want to share, I think it's valuable. Come on. <laughs> to what where when that happens and how that happens, that above my pay grade. But yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of ways, like the specifically I was thinking like our meetings, you know, do we want to have that become a standard part of our meetings where we would invite the city commission? Um, a lot of committees have an understanding agenda for the public. Um, there's all sorts of other ways we can engage the public, but like just as a course of running our meetings, do we want to permit that? That's kind of a question. I think, uh, I, I think it, it, we need to have access, you know, and transparency. But to me, if we were discussing more than one issue that, you know, during that, after, after our discussion or before that discussion, either one of those kind of things for each of the issues, if there was more than one issue taking place at, at one of our meetings, I'm not sure it would be best before or after we could be talking. I've been at uh, quite a few city council, city commission meetings and, and school board meetings and county commission meetings. And sometimes those go on for eight hours, six hours for sure. It's not unusual. It's it's not unusual for all three of those uh, agencies to have meetings that last six hours long. Of course, that's a, a kind of a strange thing. Most of you guys work, <laughs> so uh, that's a so having so having so having six different places where people can make comments and and sometimes repeat what they're saying. You know, I. It might be it might be a good idea to have a limit on how long people can talk, like five minutes, like the city commission does. I'm really interested in like comment section, like getting comments, like not necessarily live comments, because I think that's really limiting for people. And like I wouldn't even know how to tell people if they were interested, like passengers on the bus, like how to necessarily comment. Uh, I know it's tricky for the city council too. Like I know a lot of people want to comment or talk about transit issues and like don't know like our work during the city council meeting or stuff like that. Like I'd love like a place where we could get emails or like just like a little comment box on our like project description page or something. Mm -hmm. And then we could read those. I think that'd be more accessible for 
people. The land development code used some software when they were putting out the first drafts where you could go in and drop like open comment boxes on different pages. I don't know if there's something like that. I do like that idea of like continual feedback. It doesn't have to be in person at the meeting. Something Charlie. Yeah. So so we'll have and you'll see kind of the project overview. There's gonna be a ton of stuff we'll report we'll and be able to push out the staff as we walk through the steps of this work. Um so I think this is kind of back to what Charlie was saying. Like people join this meeting virtually or come in this room trying to understand I want to provide space. There'll be a ton of opportunity for people to email, write comments, and join in person public meetings and virtual all sorts of things like that. So, so maybe this item is less about broad and public comment, mm -hmm. but kind of as you all have an hour together, uh, you know, how do you want to also hear people? Yeah, when, I'm thinking when and how much that sort of stuff. Thanks, Adam. I think um, there are going to be opportunities for the public to be engaged in our work, but the uh, specifically around our meeting space and time is kind of a question that was. That we try to wrestle with, like that's something we want to invite. If we do invite it, what rules do we want to set? Is it just top of the hour you can make a public comment, or is it going to be line by line? Like we have three things on our agenda, you get to talk about all three of those, that that sort of thing. And you know, the city commission uses three minutes as a rule. I don't know how. Um, <clears throat> How many of you watch the multimodal transportation commission meetings? But they follow that rule, but it's a lot more flexible than the city commission. So sometimes you'll end up seeing a little more dialogue between the public and the commission, especially if an issue involves just like the old West Lawrence um, traffic calming. It was a lot of back and forth. And I think it was more effective because that commission was flexible about kind of just evaluating the heat that was in the room and trying to let people speak and get their voices heard before we you know jumped in with kind of like here's where we think we should go next and um i guess i'm inclined to let the public tell us how much they want to be heard um, but don't want to make any presumptions here about what your appetite is for that. Is there an option to do like, I don't know how often we're going to be meeting, how many meetings, that kind of a thing. Um, I'm assuming that there's going to be some of our meetings that are a little more um, work-based. So like working meetings versus dialogue meetings so that we can have enough time. If we're going to have a dial a, that conversation, that there's enough time for that to occur while also ensuring that we've got the time to um, do any more technical learning or discussion that we need to have. So is that a, you, you mentioned there's a, a number of different ways to kind right. of skin this cat. So one, if you go to the city commission in their format, they give everyone a chance to speak if it has nothing to do with what's on their agenda. Mm -hmm. And that's just the general public comment. And then they have public comment at every uh, agenda item and you get three minutes, that's it. So it's pretty pretty structured, pretty good. They're pretty good about enforcing it. So I would encourage a three minute, um, kind of a three minute suggested limit for um, in-person or uh, Zoom attending meetings. Um, and then make sure that people know that uh, they can't present a, a written public comment via email or whatever. But I think kind of setting a guideline of three minutes, that way you don't have somebody going on for 20 minutes about one small issue. As far as whether it's general and or to agenda items, but I, that's kind of one of those things we might have to just kind of take that as it goes. Um, it might be necessary to have public comment at the beginning, kind of like in a, a committee meeting, like public transit advisory committee meetings, an opportunity for public comment at the beginning of the meeting. Um, and then if we get to a point where there's an issue that is getting a lot of public attention, that it may be necessary to go ahead and 
do it by agenda item, but maybe not offer it on every agenda item unless we see a demand. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, what I'm hearing you say, Lance, is just <clears throat> kind of follow the script that the city commission uses. Okay. Basically. Yeah. So is the answer to my question no? That's not a thing. Uh, I'm not sure I understand your question. So, like today, we're going to have a working meeting, and we're not going to have public comment. Oh, I hear. Thursday, we're going to have a public comment. So more situational. Mm -hmm. I'm what, what I'm wondering is, we can do both. I think it depends on whether some type of decision is going to be made, and I think almost every meeting we're going to be making some kind of decision. Um, not sure we're going to make a decision every time. What are your thoughts on it, Adam? Well, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll end up talking through what I think the process yeah. is. I think there are possibly meetings that aren't like votes every meeting, that, but we do get some guidance. Uh, I'm not sure. So what I'm hearing is everyone seems to be in favor of public comment in some way or another. Okay, so perhaps we set as a floor uh, the city commission standard, like we are always going to permit public comment up to three minutes. Um, generally, if it's not pertaining to one of the agenda topics, and then if it is, we give them three minutes. And then as the situation allows, and this might go to how the Multimodal Transportation Commission agrees. Um, when they see there's enough interest in the public to engage, they generally are more flexible. Um, and that's just the discretion of the chair. He, he just seems to be more favorable towards allowing the public to stay involved. Um, and I think it has improved outcomes because we get further along in the discussion instead of cut off the public. So if that is okay, I can just kind of go with that as a rule of thumb for now. And then that gives us clarity. Yes, you get a chance to speak. And then if I'm picking up the vibe that we need to have more opportunity for the public to speak, we can just build it right down there. So that seemed fair enough. And then I think just generally like com the comment around uh, other ways people can stay engaged. I don't know if there's a, an email address that people are supposed to use like they do with city and follow your agendas. We ask people to email that info at Lawrence Transit ahead of meetings. They have specific okay, so meetings think, there. Of course, with every every public outreach meeting thing, we'll have different ways we're going to find people to brief having folks with us. So maybe it's just promoting the use of the Lawrence Transit um, info at Lawrence Transit as a way to communicate with us. All right, we got a couple of new people that just arrived, so. Um, perhaps we can just allow at least the two of you to introduce yourselves. Blaine, do you want to go ahead? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Blaine Carver-Roland. I own Kaiser Women's Jewelers uh, downtown and also on the board of DLI, or Downtown Lawrence, Inc. So. Okay, thanks. Then. Hi, I'm Emily Rams. I really apologize for being late. I thought I was super early and that the meeting was at 1030. So <laughs> I really apologize. Um, I, I live downtown at the corner of Tenth and Mass, and I'm a journalist. Thank you for joining us. Um, we just had a little discussion about how we want to involve the public in our meetings, and specifically, like, do we want to permit public comment or not? And it seemed like the sentiment was that we do want to permit the public to be involved in our meetings, and as a starting point, we will use kind of the standard the city commission uses. So anyone that wants to speak um, can give uh, up to three minutes for general public comment. And then when we are on a particular agenda item, if they have a comment about that item, they can speak also for three minutes. And then if if we're getting the sense that there's um, more interest in public discussion than, than that system would allow, then uh, <clears throat> use our discretion to kind of permit that as needed. But as a way to at least indicate to the public we want to hear from them, we'll, we'll just put out our agendas, that general public comment section. Does that work, Adam? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, 
Next item is going to be training on the Kansas Open Meetings Act. Uh, how many of you have been through this kind of training before? So it's new for maybe a, a few. Okay. Um, I don't think I saw your slides, and yeah. there's nothing about executive sessions that we'll have to deal with, which is probably one of the more complicated parts of COMA. Uh, in a nutshell, COMA just means we can't meet without the public being aware of it and having a chance to watch us. So, yeah, there's a lot of details. Trying to make this dose of bureaucracy painless. <laughs> a brief. Um, I pulled this up. One other thing I might mention uh, that's worth noting is that as part of our group, Charlie's position is on voting position. Charlie's here to facilitate as the chair. But the rest of you are voting members if we do come to items to a vote. So worth. Yes, knowing that at the start. So, um, so enacted by the legislature, uh, much like Charlie said, just trying to make sure that the public has access to meetings. It isn't worked by the government-funded groups as not being outside of the public eye. So uh, this group is a covered entity, and we'll talk about what it means to have a meeting. There's some nuance to that. Uh, we are one of the administrative bodies through the city. This group is subject to children. So there's a few components that um, that lead to a meeting occurring. So uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be in person. It can be by virtual. It has to be a majority of membership, in this case, voting membership. And y'all discussing the actual business of this group, like a social button. So uh, interactive education, obviously when they're talking, but uh, there was something like a Zoom call, a conference call. Um, talk some about communications. So that is and gets a little tricky. People that maybe not aware of that might violate law. So for group um, a forum or a majority of our voting membership is six. There's eleven voting members. So if you are all together and we're this, uh, this that is we'll be discussing. Um, what we're actually doing if, if for some reason we're at a social gathering doing this. They mentioned things like conferences, uh, but things are lately for a group like this, maybe more for communications. So maybe on patterns are less popular, but if you think about different instant messaging, if you think about um, replying to Facebook comments or to threads on like comments of a news article, those could end up being meetings that the majority of this group gets on and starts commenting back and forth with each other. Here it mentions Facebook. So um, that, that became an issue. Um, I can't remember what group in Kansas, but members were all commenting online kind of back and forth about business of the body and that violating COBA. So just keep in mind, uh, especially when we're talking about business of the group, um, starts to be a group of you doing that. We just want to make sure we're not doing work outside of the public eye. You'll notice that a lot of times when I email you all, I'm emailing myself and BCCing all of you, and that avoids you having to worry about accidentally replying all. That's been uh, something that's come up if I were to email everybody on the CC line and someone hits reply all, that can become a meeting with interactive back and forth communication. So I try to just avoid that by using the BCC function. You're welcome to still use email, like you can email me and uh, we may end up having like subcommittees work on stuff for the group, possibly in this group. So if it's less than six people doing a little work together, that's okay. But it's just uh, kind of that full group or more than six that we have to be thoughtful of. Serial meetings, so I can't, um, you know, Megan can't talk with Mark about something and go talk to somebody else, talk to somebody else, do all these one-on-one -on -one meetings and, and rally some sort of, um, you know, 
decision or vote or, or business of the group. Um, so not supposed to skirt the rules in that way. This is uh, just to reiterate the components of a meeting. Um, notice for this meeting was late. There's a couple slides here about notice and uh, agendas. And um, in the future, we'll try to do a much better job about being farther ahead of noticing the public on when and where these meetings are happening and when all the agenda materials are ready. Usually, um, try to do at least a week for your all sake and also for the public's sake. So it's uh, not as much of a rush. As you can see, Coma does fire agendas. They're, they're, they are pretty funny <clears throat> what notice and agendas need to be, but we of course want to not make it difficult. That is Coma. I wanted to do that quickly to try to get us closer to on track, but happy to answer any questions, concerns. Thanks, Anna. Anyone have questions about coal? Anyone that's familiar with it have anything else to add? Thanks. Uh, next up is really just Adam's going to go through and present overview of our project, and I think that'll wrap up our meeting. This one, I do think they're. Um generate some more questions or discussion. So I've talked to this. Um, <clears throat> I sent you all materials ahead of time. I, you know, I presented the scope of this work to the city commission in early January, um, but I wanted to kind of slim that down and focus on what we're trying to do here and timeline and kind of scope of this group's work and uh, make sure we're on the same page about what we're headed into together. So um, uh, as an overview, well, the project downtown, um, because of uh, route redesign and how routes are structured in town, for the foreseeable future, there will be five routes that need to transfer in the downtown area. So uh, that's happening today um, across the street from the library. And it's just along that top picture along a curb um, with some sidewalk space. and. <clears throat> Uh, the five routes that go down there today need to be there at the same time, just for about five minutes, so that people can transfer back and forth between routes going in different directions. And so uh, this work is about trying to add um, some elements to that space that will make it more comfortable, convenient, encourage transit use. Um, I call out us those elements. And so Worth noting that um, we're not trying to recreate what is happening here. Uh, we've had some questions about you know, central station exists. Why do you need a downtown station? Um, we're not trying. We don't need a large building. Um, it's really about some of the weather protection elements, things like wind protection and rain protection, seating. Um, you see on the bottom picture the, the sawtooth bus bay, so the curb line that kind of juts back and forth. That allows each bus to get in and out of its spot independently of other buses around it. What we deal with right now on the parallel curve is it's kind of first one in, first one out. We can't uh, guarantee that a bus route's in the same place every time. So it creates challenges so people know where they pick up their, their bus route. And then there's some technology just next to structure signage, things that let people know when the next buses are seen. So um, the only building structure I put an example, not sure what we would do would look exactly like that, but another issue is drivers have access to the public library restrooms when that building's open, but right now don't have a place to go to the restroom on those five minute layovers. So that's an issue downtown. It's also an issue at a couple of our other transfer locations, South Iowa, Six the Wakarusa. So that type of idea, a restroom for uh, drivers is important to us. Um, I think we also recognize there's a lack of downtown public restrooms that people don't have to go into a business. And so I think we'd like to have that amenity also serve the public. I think we'd have to figure out um, some operational ways to make sure it's clean and safe and, and all those things people are using appropriately. But 
that's something we think can be a, just a good overlap with our project, but also generally help downtown. Um, 2021 project, uh, we went through site selection for downtown as well as on-site plans for out here. Um, there was a lot of confusion, concern over why we looked at certain parking lots and like, how did we get to these sites? So at the core, that's what this group needs to help with. We want a much more transparent public process of how we're, how we're looking at sites that, that fit this work. Um, there are going to be community concerns about things like safety and parking and um, cleanliness and, and maybe other things. And so it's this group's that we need to help us kind of shuttle that process along. So um, the scope of work, scope of work for this group called out the three bullet points that are labeled one, two, three there. So uh, this group needs to help us define when we say downtown, what, what is that boundary that we're looking within for a site? Um, and so we need help establishing that. Number two, establish site selection criteria. So what, when we look at any site idea, how are we measuring its quality or its usability? Um, there'll be some very technical things like it's, it, it needs to be a certain size to fit the number of buses, but, but there might be other things. Um, in that criteria that you all care about from your different perspectives. And so we need to uh, be able to measure any site idea the criteria that, that matters to people from variety of perspectives. The last step that this group uh, will need to help with is theoretically we'll have a very long list of sites, um, probably that this group will generate, that the public will help generate. We'll be able to score them or evaluate them with the criteria. And this group will need your help kind of ranking those uh, so, that, so that you all can provide a recommendation to the city commission and say, you know, there were 40 ideas. <clears throat> you think these three to five kind of um, are the best at balancing the different things that people care about. So I, I note on here that this work um, really doesn't get into concept design, that's that's the step that follows it. Um, so we'll certainly, there'll be some limited drawings in what we look at just to make sure like the amount of buses fit in an area that we might be looking at. But the actual like concept design work would happen after the commission makes their selection. Um, part of that reason is because uh, it's a grant funded project we'll have an environmental review process that we have to go through. And we can't do that for 40 sites. We got to do that with one or the concept ones. So as there's a later slide that talks about this a little more, but as we get into the concept, uh, this project doesn't become unavailable to the public. It will just be, uh, it will start to go through the planning site development process and will be guided either by the Public Transit Advisory Committee or the Connected City Committee, depending on, there's some work going on right now to align advisory groups with the strategic plan. And so I'm not sure towards the end of this year if PTAC still exists or if PTAC and Multimodal Commission, Charlie and Chino are one thing, um, but it'll be another public group that kind of takes you know, review of the design work in their hands and keeps moving forward. Pause here. Any thoughts or I do have a question. Yeah. Do you have, based off your experience, uh, a feel for the like three months, six like months? Mm -hmm. uh, let's do that. Okay. So I just walked through each of those three uh, kind of steps here uh, in a general sense. So just drawing off of the right is just an example, but like I said, need to figure out like what is the line that we consider that having to be. And so the, the one through five that you see is how I'm suggesting this kind of works, which would be 
um, you know, us as staff are happy to provide this group like an initial line that we think encompasses what downtown is. Um, this group would look at that, think about the edges of it. Do any of those edges need moved out, moved in? You know, do you have um, revisions you want to make to what a downtown boundary would be? After you all feel okay about a draft line, we give the public 30 days to also give their feedback on it. It comes back to you all. You maybe have some recommended adjustments based on public input. And then you all would send that recommendation up to the commission who would vote on it. So that would be kind of the first step of the work. The second step would be um, we talk about site selection criteria. And so um, I list on here, you know, some criteria might be kind of pass fail, if you will, like if it's way too small of a site, it can remain on the list. It's probably not going to work as far as a score low. Um, but there might be other criteria that's not as black and white, you know, it might be kind of like the scale of impact. So does it, do we have a net loss of one parking space or 50? You know, there might be things like that that, that you think about. Does it, does it reduce park space or not? You know, there, there might be all sorts of different um, things. I, and that's something I really need this group's help thinking about, you know, from your perspective of what you care about in the downtown area, what ends up on that criteria. Again, I kind of suggest a very similar path. I think we've got some initial ideas on what um, might be on the criteria list. To bring that to you and have you add, remove, adjust, um, create a draft list of your own. Give the public time to provide input on that. Comes back to you all for kind of final polishing and then goes to city commission again for their vote. Yeah, image, for example, only just because I'm a visual, visual person, but um, you know, at this stage of the process, we will have the boundary, we'll have the criteria, we'll score any site idea on. And um, I think we'll have some initial thoughts from staff on what might be uh, sites to look at. You all might have your own thoughts about what sites you think might be, um, might work best in the downtown area. The public will have their own thoughts on what they think would be a good spot. And then um, you'll see in the a timeline slide I have, it, it'll probably take more than one meeting for this group. We can certainly help with staff, but the bulk of this work will be evaluating any site against the criteria, and then you all talking about values, you know, how, how each of those ranks in your mind uh, based on what, what the values and the criteria are. So that worked to kind of get the list ranked and for you all to recommend three to five sites up to the city commission. It's probably gonna be a good amount of work and probably gonna be over here for public interest options for sites are um I apologize at the size of this um I'll point out a couple of things so I, I essentially listed out each of the similar steps I just walked through. So this steering committee evaluates and adjusts what you think the downtown boundary should be. That goes out for public comment, 30 days, comes back to you to make um, kind of your final recommendation. And then in May would be the first action from city commission on just the boundary portion. A notable thing there is that while this committee would start working on the criteria, which would follow a similar thing. You know, you have your initial draft, public looks at it, it's back here. While we're working on criteria, 
since the boundary is already set, we can start a public comment period with a map where people are populating what sites they think are good while we continue to think about how we're going to school all of those. Um, the good thing about that is that means we can do like a 60 day public comment period for generating site ideas, which I think would be useful um, to give people plenty of time, would give us a chance to um, try to get in front of stakeholder groups as part of the public outreach plan so that kind of meeting people where they're at while the survey is still alive. <clears throat> um, by the time that public comment period would end, that's when this group, you know, would be taking, in, in this case, I, I suggest two meetings to use the criteria you've agreed on to evaluate all the site ideas that are coming in. It might very well take more than two meetings. <laughs> so, you know, our, our hope as staff is that we're complete with site selection by the end of the year. You can see this is quite a bit short of that. The, the work would be done around September. Um, I don't think we should speed through this work because that was, I think the 2021 process felt rushed for people, but we, I think we also don't need to drag it out because you all are also people with jobs and, and lives. So uh, that as we get into these steps, especially as we get into this, like ranking all these side ideas, I think there are, that'll be a lot of discussion between you all. And so I don't want it to feel like you've got to make decision in a very short amount of time if you need more time to wrestle with it. Let's see what else I have. I'll back to any of this. We talked a little earlier about um, public outreach strategies. So I, I tweaked this just a little bit, but this, um, similar to what I presented to commission uh, of these three phases. These are the different types of outreach we have the staff capacity to do and, and plan to do. So there's kind of the informed level stuff, which is us sending out information to people like press releases and social media. Um, there are uh, in-person options, um, virtual meetings, when there's, um, you know, soliciting site ideas, we're, we're able to have like a virtual map where people can click on a specific place and leave a comment. Like, I think this, this place would be a good spot for a nearby wire. If they see a different comment, they can say, that's a bad idea because of X, Y, Z, and give us some context in the app form. Um, We'll try to do meetings specifically with DLI um, and Chamber folks along the way. That was, we found it difficult to connect directly with businesses in 2021. So we're going to try to do that through those established groups. And then we'll, we'll look at some other uh, groups that we can engage um, from the sustainability angle, from like university or public schools, uh, lots of different social service agencies. There's a lot of different ways that we've already engaged these different uh, groups, certainly trying to invite them to our already scheduled outreach events would be the best use of staff time. But if we need to go out and do a specific meeting with the group, we can try to figure out how we accommodate that. People get good information. That first block is kind of like within 30 days, we're doing this from ideally late March to late April. May to June, working on criteria, and you can see the overlap from May through July. You'd be soliciting thoughts on sites people want us to consider. Oh. Yeah, thanks. Any questions on this slide? Yeah, or like more of a comment. Uh, I had a union meeting yesterday and I was talking about this project uh, just in terms of trying to get more people interested in being informed and like getting involved and able to give comment on the consult part. And I was getting like a lot of the same questions that were popping up when you did the city council presentation, like about the funding and like uh, the need for it. And I was wondering if like 
I could get a like a FAQ page at some point. I was just like I, I've seen like the project description. I've got like the PowerPoint, but I don't have like a bullet point of like explanation of like the funding, especially like people have lots of questions about the funding and how it works, which I'm not an expert on at all. Well, I guess I'd ask. I mean, I've had conversations with some of you in different ways about perspective and questions you had. Could you all send me what? A short list of bullet, you know, the top things that maybe you're wondering about or that you hear from your groups. And I can, well, on our project page, we'll just come up and I think you that consolidates all of those. You've done that for other projects. So, yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Cool. I have one other question about this slide. Can you describe the, the informed consultant model, specifically the control through the What's the distinction? So um, International Association of Public Participation, IAP2, is a public engagement framework. It has uh, multi-week training that a number of city staff have gone through. It's, it's, uh, it expands on a lot of just urban planning, public engagement principles. It gives you a lot of techniques and strategies and things. And so um, there's a spectrum of how we engage people and what a level of decision making you allow at any one of these stages. So, inform is one way communication. It's us just giving people information, not necessarily getting anything back. Um, moving up that scale, consult, we are trying to understand people's perspectives or thoughts to help guide what um, decisions or recommendations we're making. Involve would be the next step up, and you're um, you're kind of asking people to be uh, with you making decisions. Um, and this collaborate group, which I didn't list off here, but it's essentially what this group is, is kind of the highest level that we're treating in this project. So you all are like guiding the decisions, like staffs providing technical support, and you all are directing. So it's just a, it's a spectrum, um, kind of how much, yeah, decisioning we give, how much we give in time. Uh, yeah, I'm just not sure everybody's familiar with it. Are there thoughts on the, so you can see it's kind of a rinse and repeat, you know, for the most part, or the stakeholder meetings, and then the DOI chamber meetings. I'm curious if there's any um, additional perspectives you all might have. Which stakeholders? Should we really be adding to it? Or are you trying to keep this like set in stone? Well, um, it's not set in stone. I mean, I think those three listed are kind of examples. I don't think that's right. Census. I think we have capacity to do so much we try you know a lot of times in public process we'll get requests to come to specific meetings and we try to encourage people if possible like please come to our already scheduled right outreach so that we can leverage our time um but i think as at different stages of the process we certainly don't want groups or people feel left out i guess so if we really can't reach the user group through our existing stuff we need to figure out a way to go where they are. So it might, I don't know, that's kind of a non-answer, but as we go through it, there might be a group where it's like, we're not reaching these people and we need them to provide input at this stage. And keep in mind that the number of entities that get interested and maybe have problems or concerns will you know, grow throughout the process. And so as, along with setting up the FAQs, as we do go through the process, having some kind of easily distributed um, explanation and, and stuff that as people join in later, kind of easily communicate. So here's what we've done so far and just have to be for them. That way we don't have to spend a lot of time kind of redundantly explaining over and over. So it can be documentation of what's done as it's done and then added to the process as we, as new people are, you know, outreach continues and more people get involved. 
I was wondering if members of this group would be able to attend the DLI and chamber meetings where you have that, get that special feedback from these two organizations. We welcome that. I think we, we try not to like put that on steering committees because you're already investing time in these meetings. If you have time and are able, I think it's always helpful to have non-staff. You all are actually voting on some of the decisions that are going to be happening in this group. So yeah. I think there's a real important um, yeah. Sources of input. So uh, Blaine and Brandon are both representing, you know, DLI in the chamber, and some of you are also representing different stakeholder groups. So I'd just like to make sure we're just surfacing that two of the groups that are represented in, in the table the table today are going to have additional dialogue with their members. So if you're representing a group and you think that's something that they might be interested in, it, it might be important to surface that. I know Dustin's not here for the layout, but that's a group that I think the Lawrence Association of Neighborhoods. Oh, sure. Their representative isn't here today, um, but that's a group that will often has to be included in When I watched the commission, your presentation back in January, the commissioners had quite a few questions, it seemed like, regarding the stakeholder list. Is that something that is, you feel like you've kind of gotten on Um I can share it with this group out of our next meeting. It's uh, we developed a pretty long, exhaustive one through the route redesign study. It was 18 months worth of work and lots of different stakeholders cared about where rents were in town. And so that, um, I do feel pretty good that we at least know all the stakeholders. I know um, we probably will need to plan on doing some in-person work with um, community shelter and the DARE Center. Those are often user groups that it's tough to get to our existing scheduled meetings. Reach a lot of social service agencies through the Coalition for Human Services listserv email that goes out. So, yes, I think we feel pretty good. It would probably be a good idea to share the list of this group so you know who's on our radar and you can tell us you're missing a couple. You should consider that. Yeah, just got a few minutes, so I might move us and then come back. Me too. Um, I, I talked a little about the concept plans, so I just wanted to have a slide that talks about, you know, what, what will happen after you all recommend three to five sites up to the city commission, they will, uh, they will advance those. Um, so after this group, there, there will be a need for us to hire as part of the project cost to architect engineer firm, draw those concept plans, um, those plans will be reviewed by like PTAC or that connected city group. I talked about, we'll see if that's any business yet. And the commission will recommend one to final. When we get a site that's recommended for final design, that's when we can actually engage in the Department of Transportation and the Federal Transit Administration um, on the environmental review. Can't really do that to be clarity on what site we're, we're trying to replace. Um, you know, we're hoping that uh, final design construction is, is 2025. I, I hedged a bit in the 2026 as well because that environmental review process is a little unknown. Um, environmental review does not only take into account um, like natural environment, but it is looking at like historic resources, mm -hmm. of which there are a lot downtown. And so they'll care deeply about uh, disturbance of the ground and how anything that we would do looks, how it fits in any space that I need. So um, that process is a little unknown. It's baffled. The, the process for this building was a little less in the public eye because of the, the fact that we're on university property and there's the city KU relationship of <clears throat> essentially had to follow all the city codes and things like setbacks and different things. Um, but it didn't route through the exact planning type process that you typically do. 
And so this one will, this one will be a lot more traditional as far as who sees it. Just want to check in for this group about you know the scope of work, um, just to make sure there's clarity kind of on what this group is charged with doing and what's not in our scope. And then, you know, I like the FAQ is good, but any additional information that would help you all as we kind of start this, um, we do have a project page, and we'll get you know Lance, you mentioned kind of being able to quickly catch up people who might just step into the process. We'll populate everything there. Um, but as you all see that page and we're putting things there, if it's, if it seems confusing or hard to find or hard to quickly understand something, please let us know so we can adjust how that looks for, for folks. I've got a question. It seems like some of the FAQ things like this gentleman was proposing would be updated at times. Yeah. So it'd be a changing list. So that could, in itself could be confusing. Yeah, that's the way we've done it in the past. We've just, we've had one link for that FAQ and we, um, uh, we do update it. If there's new questions that roll in, we make an update it's there. We haven't typically, I suppose we could put out something like social media that just has the FAQ been updated, things like that. Question on, I'm sorry. Go ahead. A uh, question on the scope. Um, I was looking at bus stop designs and York City does this weird thing where they have, uh, well, it's a great idea, where they have like playgrounds, like a small play area is built into the bus stops. And uh, we're just thinking about how cool that would be. Is that like something we could talk about? Is that part of the, is like any of the design elements part of our scope? It's not part of this group scope, but uh, that, that process of design will be a public process. So those sorts of comments and thoughts won't be restricted from your ideas or anyone else in the public, but it won't be part of this group's work to get to that. Regarding the FAQs and confusion, one way I've seen people use those that get updated on over time is to just add the date. So that way people know relatively how to do something in I think just that second question, it could be useful to have a list of what we consider similar sized cities or like models we're looking after. I think that's how my brain works. It's like what other towns our size have attended a project like this. Um, I don't know how much of that is on us to go out and gather or if that's something your staff is helping with, not sure, but like, for example, if we had a city in mind and I was like, oh, I know they did this downtown bus station project. Like we wanted to maybe, if I wanted to get information about their site selection criteria, like would your staff gather that information or is that up to like me as a member? Since I'm curious about it to go gather it. Well, um, so in the 2021 process, there were some questions that came in about, yeah, what, what college towns bar sites? have a downtown station. So we're able to find a list of those. Um, <clears throat> agencies don't always have great documentation of process on their websites. So at that point, it becomes uh, emailing individuals to try to see if they can provide information, mm -hmm. which we can try to do something that there will probably be a limit depending on how quickly and easily people give us back info. But we do have um, a short list of places that are like us. Ames, yeah. Missouri. I mean, there's um, there's others that are college towns, roughly our size. Yeah. Um, I, the the one caution, I guess, is that there's uh, it's kind of this double edged sword. There's no. I think people hope that there's like a, a model city that's almost exactly like ours, who's done a thing that we like. That's not going to be the case. Right. Um, these other downtown sites are going to have their own unique things about them. Yeah. And so um, I think from like a non-planning perspective, it's nice to have somewhere to start. At least. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of what I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. I think we can help. I'll, I'll at least be able to give you what we have and maybe that will drum up more questions about like, you guys, know, we had this or that. So that's what we can speak up. Do you have some historical uh, thoughts, background regarding the 
lessons learned from the other locations downtown over the last, what is it, 20 years or whatever, that there's been a variety of spots that could be shared? From the spots that we've actually operated? It might be more just a matter of commentary for people that have experienced those spots over the years. Yeah, I hesitate because they've all been similar. They've all been, but there's not. There's not really. They haven't been purpose built. Mm -hmm. They've all been. It's a sidewalk curb mm -hmm. um, that's been, you know, ideally concrete to the curb so it's accessible. But other than that, really no criteria, thoughtfulness or design. So it's not sure how many lessons we have other than we need to find some way to be intentional. That's. Mm -hmm. Um, it was challenging to find a meeting time to order for you all. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll try to get, I, I'm hoping that if we can try to meet, um, of course, the last half of each month, that sets ourselves up well for when we do recommend things to city commission, I'll have time to get them on the first, within the first three weeks of a given month for their vote. So, um, I mean, I'll send out another doodle poll. I guess generally, you know, you all end up selecting times like during working business hours, which I was a little surprised at, but um, are there any initial thoughts about whether we're within the eight to five or outside of that? Um, that works, one works better not for people. I mean, I, I, I want to, in the next doodle poll, I'd like to try to propose enough times that we can find something that consistently works every month. So, during the, during the daytime, it's said work well for everybody. Less relevant being especially flexible. <laughs> yeah, so I had to ask a number of you, like, hey, can you be flexible in this way? And then we'll be able to piece this meeting together. <laughs> yeah, not during the daytime would work best for me because I'm, I'm not representing Douglas County. I'm representing the downtown employee, so. <clears throat> right, I would have to take off of work to go during the work day. Okay, so you both did that today? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thanks for doing that. <clears throat> so maybe this isn't a good indication that we're all available during the day. How do others feel about after hours? I, I work some evenings. I work evenings. As long as I'm able to catch a bus home. Yeah. That too. Right, yeah. That's also a concern. Yeah, I guess I could use my line. Be nice if I could just catch the last bus. Yeah. I don't think that's an easy answer. <laughs> I'll send, I might, um, you know, mm -hmm. this last time I sent out all these small half hour chunks just to make sure I could like narrowly pick out the time that works. I might do more broad. I might give you things like, you know, the, the fourth Thursday of every month at these three times mm -hmm. and just see if, <clears throat> I guess, be, uh, if you could be uh, generous in your responses about like, this is an absolute no versus like, I could make this work. Um, then we'll we'll just kind of go from there. Figure that out. Okay. Um, for the next meeting, I can certainly have the uh, a draft downtown boundary for this group to consider and try to get that to you well ahead of time, so you don't have just a day to look at it before we're talking. Um, and I've got a few notes, but any additional info that you'd like me to provide, I can certainly give you all directly or put on the project website. The end of that, um, this suggests that you all are um, feeling okay about like this general work plan and timeline and, you know, kind of how I recommended each of these three steps, but we didn't spend <clears throat> much time directly asking you if that felt okay based on the scope of work. So I don't, are there any thoughts on this idea of like staff provide you something, you make adjustments, public input, you make adjustments again, commission gets it. Are there any concerns or are there other ways you'd like to approach the work? It's a good planning document. Short, long-term perspectives and knowing what's coming. Because um, that's part of what one of the things I'll do after this meeting too is 
provide clarity to the public. I mean, there's this slide deck, but maybe a one pager about what the process is going to be, how people can, how and when expect to get involved. I have to go catch a bus, but I'm in, I'm in agreement with everything as it is being presented. So. Well, it looks like our next step is the doodle pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'll try more. Hopefully my phone. Are there any thoughts on this location as our meeting space or um, a different location? Just that I also have the bus to get here. So if it's outside of the hours that the bus runs, be less good. All right. Well, I think we're done. Thanks, everyone, for being here, especially those of you that made some special accommodation and joining some. Downtown is 40.